Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Fantasy Best Friends Forever. Yo! This is the Fantasy Best Friends Forever here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network alongside Frankie Stanfield. I am Greg Sussman. Frankie, what's going on? Frankie, happy hump day here on a Wednesday, February 27th. Continue talking about outfielders today. Should be a lot of fun. A lot of of hyped up guys that we need to get to and whether or not the hype should be real. Should it be in this range? Uh, How do you attack these, these tiers of outfielders? When do you draft them? So on and so forth. But before all that, Greg, how did you sleep last night, bud? Slept great. Slept great. This guy, no problem sleeping. Slept great. The Sussmeister. How did you sleep last that, night, Frank? Is that, has that ever been a thing? Never. The Sussmeister. Nope. How did I sleep last night? Uh, actually, not too bad. Not too bad. I bet you slept better than better than you have in a while. It was. Uh, it was better. It's good, it, it was better than usual. How do you feel today? How do you feel today? Do you feel like feel all right? Yeah, I feel. I feel all right. I feel good. Like, yeah, energized up. I'm good to go. Kinga is out of town. Oh, so life is for the good. The next two nights. A lot of gears and beer. No, no. What? A lot of, lot of starting pitcher studying. That's, that's what uh. we got coming up here. All right. So I am um, I'm engrossed in many things today. Uh-oh. Many things. I know. I mean, this, you know, I walk in. Greg is just in his corner. He's doing his thing. He's not talking to anybody. Usually a little bit more social. Very anti-social Greg today. So he's working on a lot. He's got a lot on his mind. We got, a, well, we, got going on, we got a lot going on the network. A lot of plan, a lot of planned stuff coming up down the pipeline, which is awesome. Um, working with Mike Blewett, trying to plan some draft stuff. But I'm also speaking of football. Uh, Dave Gettleman and Pat Shermer were speaking at the combine today, and we're going to actually do, as I said yesterday, a combine show with Ventura and Jim Day tomorrow for the second hour. Jim Day trying to learn how to play Fortnite needs uh, needs Chris Ventura's help. So please. Please get an update on that tomorrow. Yes, you know, you'll talk about the con- combine, get everything down, but uh-huh. I want to know about Jim Day's Fortnite career and how that's coming along as well. Sure, I'll, I'll, I'll ask him. Uh, he basically, so Pat, Pat Shermer basically came out and said, hey, we want Eli Manning back. Like, he's pretty good. And I'm just like, what the hell is going on? And then Dave Gettleman came out and was like, yeah, I don't know yet. I was like, oh, that's kind of <laughs> interesting. He's like, yeah, we could draft somebody. We could sign somebody. I don't know. I was like, oh, kind of interesting. So that's that's what I New York Giants. So I've been engrossed in that, <laughs> and there's also a um, a testimony going on that I that I've been paying attention to as well. I did see that you were watching that first thing when I walked in today. You did. Is that a, Did you see that? Some kind of political thing? I thought I saw yeah. it on your laptop. Uh huh. Yeah. The um. The former lawyer for President Trump is testifying uh, at Congress today. I have no That's input. It. Sorry. I, I, didn't, I didn't expect you to have input. I'm just, I'm just letting you know uh, what is, I was is watching. Is it going well? <laughs> Somebody in Congress evidently just said the words, liar, liar, pants on fire. So things seem to be going great. 
<laughs> That's where no our surprise there. That's where our government is today, where people are saying, liar, liar, hands on fire. Amazingly. Enough. Oh, man. All right. So on the show today, very exciting. We're going to go back into the outfielders where we were yesterday, Frankie. We got through a bunch yesterday, which I feel good about. Uh, we got through almost 20. We got through 19 outfielders yesterday. Pretty good for us. That's pretty over two hours. It's pretty good. Almost 10 an hour. So that's pretty good. So hopefully we can get through like another 20 today before you go. Frank is off tomorrow. So for the first hour, I'm going to wrap up outfielders with Ventura. He doesn't know that yet. But then hour number two, Ventra and Jim Day will join me to talk fantasy football uh, from the combine, what we're learning, things like the Eli Manning um, press conference that we just heard about, uh, where certain prospects can end up. We'll try to work on some guests for that uh, as well. So we'll see if I can make that happen. But when it comes to outfielders, Frank, I want to start with a, a guy that's got a lot of hype this year, if you don't mind. And a guy that you said came off the board pretty early in your um, Great fantasy baseball invitational. And someone that, obviously, just a couple of months ago, I was very out on. And I want to see if you can get me in on him. And that's Yasiel Puig. Starting outfielder for Cincinnati Reds in a contract year. He is going off the board right now over the last two weeks or so in the NFBC at around pick 70. Around pick 70 in the NFBC over the last two weeks or so. That's right around the guys we ended with yesterday, Lorenzo Kane, George Springer, and Tommy Pham. And then right before guys like David Dahl, Marcel Ozuna, Nick Castellanos, Mitch Hanniger, and Eddie Rosario. Right spot, Frank? And what do you think of Yasiel Puig? I don't have a problem with where he's going. I've seen him go a lot of uh, fifth-round range in 15-team leagues. Uh, but I do think, you know, fifth, sixth round, even if you're playing a 12-teamer, makes a lot of sense. There's a lot of upside here with Yasiel Puig. I agree that there's also some downside because of, you know, he's kind of, he's a personality. You know, he's, he's had some, you know, disciplinary issues over the past couple of years with the Dodgers. I believe there was a quote that came out the past couple of days that, you know, Puig said, you know, I was never really trying when I was in Los Angeles. So you always have to worry about that aspect when it comes to Puig. But if he is trying, if he is motivated... You got yourself a hell of a ball player here in Yasiel Puig. And going to Cincinnati, it's a better ballpark than Los Angeles. I mean, there's no doubt about that. Pretty damn good lineup here with the Reds from Joey Votto and Scooter Jeanette and, and Jesse Winker and all these other guys that we're getting excited about. Eugenio Suarez. Yasiel Puig is one of these guys in the middle rounds where he doesn't really hurt you anywhere, Greg. You know, he's going to hit 25 to 30 home runs. I think he has the upside to hit 30-plus home runs this year in that ballpark. And... If he does that in that lineup, which if he's in the middle of that lineup, we're looking at pretty good counting stats. I mean, 85, 90 RBIs. So a pretty solid run scored as well. And he's not a zero on the base pats either. He's going to give you 12 to 15 stolen bases. I think the upside for Puig is, you know, 280, 30-plus home runs, good counting stats, 15 stolen bases. What's not to like? I think two, I think I think the upside could be even – I think it'd be higher than that, Greg. Like, I think there's another level – that hasn't been reached yet with Puig that we haven't really seen since like his first second year when when he kind of like took the league by storm. I think 280s probably not realistic. He hasn't batted over 280 since 2014. That was five years ago already, Frankie. So I don't I don't know if 280s realistic to me over the last three years. 263, 263, 267. That's pretty indicative of the kind of hitter he is. 279 career hitter. That was because he batted 319 and 296 in his first two years. After that, it was all downhill. Yeah, but that's what that's what his upside is. That's 
that's where his talent level could be yeah, at. Like, he I, wasn't I motivated over the past couple of years. And you have to think about it like this, Greg. You, 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 kinda, there was a lot of back and forth between him and the Dodgers. Like, they wouldn't play him every day. You know, they were trying to send him messages by disciplining him and, you know, not putting him in the lineup every day. He's going to play every day for the Reds. You're kind of giving me the narrative that we've... But, like, I feel like what you're doing a little bit, Frank, is the narrative we always hear around Yasiel Puig. Either he's motivated or he's not motivated. He's playing for this, he's playing for that. He's going to get all this playing time this year, just like he didn't get last year. We've heard this a lot when it comes to Puig with the Dodgers. Will it change with a change of scenery? Perhaps. Or will it all be a debacle? Perhaps. I, I don't think there's any sort of guarantee. I could say this to you. If the Reds... There's no guarantee with anyone in this No area, doubt. But if the Reds are... Reds are competing this year, trying to compete. If they fall out of contention, Yasiel Puig is a prime trade candidate for somebody in the outfield. No doubt about that. If. A lot of ifs here. I mean, there's a lot of ifs both ways. But everybody in this, in this tier. Yeah. I, no. I actually think that the Reds are going to be pretty good. Okay. I, I think that they're going to be close to a 500 team. So you think... Maybe even slightly over that. Yasiel Puig could be... It's a tough division. ...significantly better than his 2017 then? He's played 152 games, 28 homers, 70, 70, and 15. Last year in 125 games, he almost I matched think, that. I think he has the upside to be better than that. I do. I, I do think that the talent is there. I, you know, I think, again, 30 home runs, he could be 80-80 in both, at least. If he's batting fifth in the Reds lineup, Greg, look at this lineup. If he's hitting right behind Votto, Suarez, Jeanette, which is what roster resource has right now. Yeah. Or even if it's kind of, even if it's Jeanette 2 and Votto 3 and, and Suarez 4, he's hitting between three really good players. And he, Jesse Winker, if he leads off, even if it's not him, if it's Jose Peraza, this is a great lineup. And it's a lot better ballpark than playing out there in Los Angeles. And if he's motivated, I believe this is a contract year for him, too. It is. That's why I say he's a prime train candidate because it's a contract year. Well, even if he gets traded somewhere, he's going to be an everyday player. Maybe. But I don't think he's going to get traded. Again, I think the, I think the Reds are going to... I think they're going to take a step up this year. I, I think I, they're going to be better. I know you've said a lot about that. The Reds, in general, are, are going for it. I don't know that they have the pitching to get it done. Obviously, Alex Wood, Sonny Gray are now there. Um, but this outfield, and we've spoken about this before, there's a lot of names in here. There's, there's a lot of guys. a player that is going to be motivated to play for a contract. Isn't it Yasiel Puig? You'd think so, but there's a lot of names, and I'll go through them with you for a moment, if I, if I may. Yasiel Puig, Scotty Shevler, Jesse Winker, Nick Senzel, they said they're going to play in the outfield, right? That's I, four I guys right there. Puig. Winker and Senzel are part of the future, you would think. Mm-hmm. Is Puig... Is Scott Shevler part of the future? Probably not. Probably not. Who else is on that team? Anybody else? Matt Kemp? Is Matt Kemp? Matt, okay. Is Matt Kemp part of the future? No, but there's another, there's another, there's another guy Jesse that can Winker help him win now. You're talking about them winning yeah. now. That's another guy. That's five outfielders we just named. Puig, Nick Senzel has to get playing Puig, time somewhere. Puig is in no way, shape, or form in danger of not playing. He's not. We've said this before with the Dodgers, man. And then you have guys like Scott Van Slyke and Andrew Tolles start for him. Puig is going to play. Puig is playing this year for a contract. Greg. I understand. Now, look, I know it's narrative. Even if you don't want to go by narratives, if you look over the past couple of seasons... He's worth where he's being drafted. If he's giving you 25 home runs and 15 stolen bases with a 265 to 270 average, he's still worth being drafted where he is. And you bake in the fact that he has this immense upside if what he's saying is true about how he hasn't been trying in the Reds lineup this year, playing for a contract, I don't buy all it. the motivation you, that he possibly really buy that? Needs. He yes. hasn't been trying? Yes. Come on. Yes. Play the seventh game of the World Series. He wasn't trying? I mean, maybe he was trying harder in the playoffs. Like, whatever. I don't buy any of that, man. I don't buy that now. The Dodgers messed around him for so long over the past couple of years. And maybe it was warranted. 
Uh, maybe it probably was. I'll go probably over me. But they had, they kind of had like a back and forth, like Definitely. love hate relationship. Back to the there. he got sent to the minors. He's got a new he got start benched. here in Cincinnati. Look, even if it's narrative driven, I'm I'm buying it. I'm in. If I'm if I'm in the fifth round and I need a second outfielder and Tommy Pham is gone, Yasiel Puig is the next name that I'm looking at. You're pulling up Puig over George Springer over Lorenzo Cain. No, I'm not doing that. You just told me he's the next name you're looking at after Tommy Pham. And you have Springer and Kane well, ranked as an, after Pham. As an active target, though. And the thing, if what you, you mean go, if you go, if you go based on ADP, Tommy Pham goes after Springer and Lorenzo Kane anyway. That is not true, according to the NFBC over the last two weeks. Pham's at 59, Springer's at 63, Kane's at 66. Okay. I have it uh, in my rankings. I have Pham, Springer, Bryant, Lorenzo Kane, Puig. That's, that's how so I have Puig's it. after all of those guys, so he's not the next target well, after Pham. He's after Pham. Lorenzo Kane. He's after four guys. Yes. Okay, but so That's it's not. He's at. My point is, he's not the next active target by any means. There's a lot of guys sure. after that. I mean, I don't really, I don't really want Springer. Like, I'll take him if he's there. Maybe I should just move him up. All right, I'll do it, Greg. Great. Where are you moving him to? I can't move him ahead of Chris Bryant, though. Can I? All right, I'll just leave him there. <laughs> okay. Right, he's you, right behind Tommy Pham. Who's right behind? Who's right behind Yasiel? He's not right behind Tommy Pham. I just put him there. Oh, you said I'm not going to move him, I thought. <laughs> I didn't realize you moved him and then said not moving him after that. Because you're yelling at me. Good, fine. That's, I, I, that's what you're going to do. Move him. That's great. You know, so you don't want Yasiel Puig. You're out. I don't know that I'm out, but like the guys we talked about yesterday, Springer, Kane, certainly Bryant. I want those guys ahead of Yasiel Puig. Okay, what does George Springer do better than Yasiel Puig? Let me pull up his fan graphs if you don't mind. Run, scored. That's mm-hmm. it. Let me hold on. Give me one second. I want to I have the accurate information if you don't I'm, mind. I'm telling you what it is, Greg. I know Wait. it. What are you, George Springer, score 100 runs. That's the only category that he's better than Yasiel Puig in. Uh-huh. The only category. Uh-huh. There's nothing else. Give me a second here. Yasiel Puig is going to hit around the same home runs. He has the upside to hit more home runs. Does it bother you, Yasiel Puig? He has Puig. the upside for way more RBIs. Does it bother you, Yasiel Puig? He's going to steal more bases. With all those outfielders there, can't hit lefties. Yasiel Puig? Yeah. Well, I mean, he does have like a reverse split thing going on, but no, it doesn't worry. Like, who, who are they going to put in that's... So much better against lefties, Greg. Are they are they going to bench Yasiel Puig for Matt Kemp? Yes. No, they're not. Yes, it's possible. No, it's not possible. I'm telling you right now, it's not possible. They're not doing that. Yasiel Puig is playing every single day. I think you can get burned by Yasiel Puig this year. I think there's a big burnability factor here. Not that there's not for all of the guys in the area. Like that's what I like. That's what I like about like a guy like Lorenzo Cain a little bit more. Like he's going to be hurt. Him versus George Springer. Outside of runs, what is George Springer better at? Not average. About the same. About They're going to be similar average, and I think Puig has think, the upside to be a 280. I, I, I think you could say the same thing about Springer. He about a 283 last year. Again, Puig hasn't batted over 280 in five years. All right, similar batting average. Then. Similar batting average. Expect 270, let's say, out of both. You're giving the home, you're giving the home runs to Puig? Puig? Even if that's similar, that's fine. Let's say that's similar. Runs you're giving to Springer? Yes, definitely. Okay. RBIs? Defin- pro- definitely Puig. Why is it definitely? He's Puig? batting fifth in the Reds lineup, Greg. And Springer's batting leadoff there. Springer's batting leadoff. Fine. Okay. Stolen bases. Seventy-five to eighty RBIs for Springer. So stolen bases, you definitely, you definitely give to Puig, no doubt about that. Definitely. Fifteen stolen bases. Mm-hmm. Springer, what is he going to give you? Five. Five. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty similar. They're similar. Pretty similar. But you get RBIs and stolen bases. But you have playing I mean, time. They should, I, going, I, they should be going into similar ranges, which, which they are. Yeah. I like Springer more because I don't think there's playing time concerns I'll, I'll of any take, sort. I'll take the stolen bases with Yasiel Puig. Who did I line up ranking first, by the way? Did I, have, did, I, did I have Kane in front of Springer when it was all said and done yesterday? I don't remember. 
I have Lorenzo Cain a little bit further behind. I mean, the 10 home runs and 38 RBIs from last year. I know, it's, I it's mean, detrimental, I know. He gives you three categories that are hard to come by. Yeah. He's going to give you three runs. As we said yesterday, yeah, the, yeah, the average, three runs, hardest categories. Stolen bases. It's hard. But it's a little bit harder to swallow those those ten home runs, thirty eight RBIs with Lorenzo Cain. Do you, do you have Puig? Who do you have after Puig? Right after Puig? Before you moved him, who do you have after Puig? I had right after him Conforto, Dahl, Eddie Rosario. All right, let me start with so Conforto is interesting because Conforto in the NFC you can get much later. You can get him thirty five picks after Yasiel Puig. David Dahl is kind of right after. So let me start with Dahl, and then we'll get to Conforto in just a moment. And, I, and I'll let you know this: Conforto is a guy that is. Shooting up draft boards okay. in industry and expert drafts. You know, in your standard home league, whatever, non-industry, non-high-stakes draft, you'll probably be able to get Conforto, you know, round seven, round eight, something yeah. like that. I know Modica, every, like if, if Conforto's available in the fifth round, Modica takes him every time. There's eight outfielders right now in the NFBC over the last two weeks that are in between Yasiel Puig and Michael Conforto in the draft, which is very interesting. Like I said, about 35 those picks. Guys? Wow, that was a breaker, right? Oh, that was real quick. Too much Yasiel, David Dahl, Marcelo Zuna, Nick Castellanos, Eddie Rosario, Mitch Hanniger, Joey Gallo, Justin Upton, and here's the interesting one, Victor Robles. You hold those eight guys? That's who we're going to talk about when we come back. Will Myers, coming up at some point today as well, Michael Brantley and AJ Pollock, Aaron Hicks as well. We have a lot of guys to get to. We'll do our best here on the Fantasy Best Friends Forever. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round. We never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. The following ad contains shocking material. Listener discretion is advised. Is someone in your family playing a dangerous game of Russian roulette? Over 43,000 people die a year from drug overdose. 120 people a day. Five people every hour. One person every 12 minutes. 88,000 people die every year from alcohol abuse. Over 240 people a day, 10 an hour, one person every six minutes. Somebody you know may be next. Learn how to help someone you love get away from the drugs, alcohol, and bad influences. With the FMLA, people can take a leave of absence from their job and still keep it. Call now and learn how we can help you. 866-484-9621 866-484-9621 That's 866-484-9621 Scout Fantasy Sports Byron Buxton has uh, two home runs and 10 RBIs after two games. What round would you take him in? I, I took Buxton, I think, in the FSTA, like round 12 or 13. Thought that was a good time to take him there. His ADP is absolutely going up. People who say the spring doesn't matter, they're full of crap because they're already boosting him up based on two games. Weekdays, 2 to 4 p.m. Eastern on the Fantasy Sports Network and on your popular podcast providers. You big Incubus fan? You like some. I, I heard you guys talking about the morning. Wish you were here. Some 90s alternative? 
Oh, an alternative pop, pop, poppy. Yeah. Alternative pop, I guess. Yeah. Great, right, big fan. It's my music, man. So Gabe Morency is in or out? What was the what was the, the the feel, the vibe that you got from Gabe? Is he in on this genre? I don't think he hates it as much as you think he would. That's what I'll I say. would just I me personally, I would imagine that he would hate it. I don't think so. Because you know he's a big he's a big metalhead. Obviously, you have ever heard any of his music? Yeah. It doesn't really sound like. Uh, Bring back the rope. Bring back the rope. <laughs> doesn't it? Doesn't really sound like uh, like gin blossoms or <laughs> or you counting tell me crows. You or think anything. it'd be all right? All right, Greg. Five just crash here Cut tonight. His <laughs> Cut his mic. How's that? Not great, Bob. Not great, Greg. Mm. Not to say that I'm not a fan of uh, the music that. Abe likes either. I like the music he's produced. I'm sure you do. You know I'm a big Metallica guy. I mean, yeah, I like everything, Greg. Bring back right the up. rope. Please all, please all parties. You don't like everything. You're not a big Dave Matthews guy. No, no, definitely out on that. Not, not a big country music fan. Definitely out on country music. Look at the festival. Oh, Florida. Uh, a lot of, uh, you know. Florida's going to be appearing on the show coming up soon. Hopefully. If he's we got him in here. He doesn't get too big for us. True. He's too big. He was too big of a head. Big time. Michael Florio. You know who he is? Yeah. It's the big time? Probably. It's probably getting up there. I think so, too. Yeah. Mm. He's engaged now, too. Soon he'll probably forget about his BFFs. He's Speaking got- of which, I texted the BFF chat last night. No response from anybody. You did? You know. What did you text? But, I, also, I texted when, you last uh, night. I texted you last night directly. No response. About what? <clears throat> this probably didn't happen. I'll read you the text. Here it comes. Ready? Uh, you texted me immediately. Obviously, I responded. because Oh, you sent me like five in a row. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. Forget those. Forget those wrestling ones, which, you, you know, it was fine. You didn't care about that. 7.21 p.m. I texted you. I didn't, yeah, I didn't know what that was about. Are you kidding me? You just made it up. What was it? Wilmer Flores? Wilmer! What did Wilmer Flores do? Hit a bomb yesterday. Well, yeah, it was probably off some, you know, high A no. pitcher. No, 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 what it was not. Off? Hold on, I got to look that up now. Yeah, like Wilmer Flores is hitting bombs off good pitchers. He's going to be on our team, so get ready. Oh, gosh. Next week, we're drafting him. You know that, right? Greg, I, I can't be more clear about you that. You should occupy your middle infield spot with someone that can at least contribute 10 stolen bases, I'd say. Wilmer Flores. Bases? Oh, it was not going to do it was, that. It was bases clearing double. Excuse me. A bases clearing double. All right. Who did it come against? Uh, Cubs pitcher? Hang on. Maybe it was you, Darvish. Now, he didn't allow any hits. It could have been you, Darvish. You F. Ross. His Who? name is F. Ross. Uh-huh. Yeah, maybe he's related to Tyson Ross and Joe Ross. F. No, no like his last name is E. F. F. R-O-S-S. Oh, he's a, he's a Scott star. Efros. Scott Efros is a star prospect. No, he's not. Sure? I'm not sure. <laughs> Neither am I. <laughs> he's a That's big, who Wilmer Flores is matching doubles I against. I think he's and a big, Greg is getting let me excited. see here. I think he's a big time prospect. Mm, look at Zach Godley yesterday picking up right oh, where he left God, off. Three walks and three earned runs. Uh, so Scott Efros last year Gosh. was in double A. You Darvish, by the uh, way. Scott Efros, by the Four way. Four walks yesterday. Wait, Scott Efros had a 5.97 ERA in AA last year, so things yeah. are going great for Sounds Scott. Sounds very Efros. promising. <laughs> Hopefully, Wilmer Flores can face him every day, Greg. God willing. God willing. Okay. Doesn't seem likely. Uh, David Dahl. I think it's a perfect name to get to because David Dahl was a hype guy. Was it last year or two years ago? Now, I don't remember. Was it two years two ago? Two years ago. It was two years ago. He's a huge hype guy. He was 22 years old. And I was saying, well, this guy might not, probably not going to start. And he didn't. He got hurt. It was a completely lost year. Last year, he got an opportunity to play, and there was a little, hey, comeback guy in David Dom. And it took him a while, but when he finally came up for good, 
He produced for the most part. 16 home runs in 77 games, batting 273 at 48 ribbies, 31 runs scored, and five stolen bases. The thought is that he'll be an everyday player in the outfield this year, and he plays for Colorado. So barring Carlos Gonzalez returning to Colorado in some sort of fashion, some sort of fashion Tal is expected to start uh, every day. Are you buying back in on the David Abel hype? I like David Dahl, I don't know that I love him as much as everybody else does. I mean, I kind of get it with David Dahl. Obviously, he plays in Colorado. I worry about uh, I worry about the injuries, Greg, because uh, you know with David Dahl, he played seventy seven games last year in in two thousand and eighteen, and then in twenty seventeen he played a total of nineteen games in the minor leagues, and in twenty sixteen he played you know sixty three games at the major league level. He also did play in the minor leagues that year, but. I worry a little bit about the injury risk here uh, with David Dahl. 37% hard hit rate last year. Look, 16 home runs in 77 games. You know, everyone's looking, oh, well, you you know, you just multiplied that by two. He's going to play 150 games. He's going to hit you know, 30 home runs in, in the Rockies lineup. There's definitely upside here. Uh, the batted ball profile is solid. You know, yep. 23% line drive rate, 38% fly balls. I, I like David Dahl. I, I don't know that I love him as, as much as everyone else. I think I'm just a little bit more realistic with David Dahl. Like, he'll probably have a DL stint at some point this year, but 25 home runs with a 275 average, 10 stolen bases. He's kind of a similar player to what you expect out of Yasiel Puig, uh, except I think there's a little bit more injury risk. You know, the upside is there playing in Colorado. He's projected to bat cleanup in this lineup, so the RBI opportunities are going to be there. Uh, I will say this: He's um he's struggled against left-handed pitching so far in his career uh, at the in the majors. He's um he's a seven ten OPS guy against lefties, whereas he is a nine oh four OPS against right-handed pitching uh, in his career. So he's got some struggles against lefties. Roster resource doesn't have him as a platoon. They expect him to play every single day. You know, I think two seventy five to two eighty, uh, twenty five home runs, ten stolen bases, solid counting stats. It's fine. I, you know, I, I like David Dahl. I don't know that I love him as much as everyone else. Though. I think David Dahl's fine, ultimately. Like I, we, I know we haven't done this in a while, but one word to, de- to describe David Dahl is, like, is fine to me. He's fine. There's, there's nothing wrong with mm-hmm. taking David Dahl. I don't know that the upside is as high as many people or many experts want to tell you it is. I wanna s- you want to see him? I want to see. see him stay healthy. Yeah, but that's fine. Here's the thing. If he stays healthy for an entire year, plays 150 games, and then takes off, then you're not getting him at the same price next year. Then we're looking at David Dahl next year as a third-round pick, as opposed to where you're getting him now in the sixth round. So that's what, you know, sometimes you got to uh, try and buy in on the upside before, before it happens. You have to take that risk. I mean, it comes down to roster construction. You need some other guys on your team already that are, that are safer. Look, when I get to this tier, uh, David Dahl in a 15-team league, probably going to end up being your outfielder two. I feel much better about him as my outfield three. And and a point I really wanted to hammer home today, Greg, is when I get to this tier, right, which I have it as tier four, which is okay. everyone kind of in this range from Lorenzo Cain, Conforto, Dahl, Rosario, Hanniger, Castellanos, Ozuna, Upton. I want one of these guys to be my outfielder three. Like, to me, this is the last tier before you really get into... There's a little... There's a few more question marks in the next tier. So, I want... I want at least, you know, I want a really good outfielder in a, in a roto league. I want someone that we spoke about yesterday in the first two rounds, maybe like a like a Blackman or a Harper or one of the Yankees guys or or Yelich or Acuna. Mm-hmm. Um, 
But at this point in the draft, I want one of these guys to be my third outfielder. Or even if I get two of them, you know? If I get two... Like, this is the cutoff where after this tier is gone, I want to have three outfielders. And I can use, you know, my great fantasy baseball invitational team as an example. I drafted Harper. I drafted Hanniger. I have two outfielders. I'm, we're about to be in the 12th round. I don't have a third outfielder yet, and I don't feel great about it. So if, if I would have taken, you know, I, I keep saying one of the things I regret is I took Glaber Torres in the fifth. I should have taken one of these outfielders in the fifth round, and then I would have had, like, Hanniger uh, the next round as my third outfielder, and then also would have had, like, Dahl or Conforto. And I would have felt a lot better about that. Because, you know, once you get into these, like, Ian Desmond, Ramon Laureano, Scott, Corey Dickerson, you don't love those guys. Jesse Winker. Uh, you know, some of these players have upside, but you really want, you want to fill out your outfield four and five spots with those players, not your outfield three spot. I want, you know, I want three of the top, let's say, 35 as, as my top three outfielders. You mentioned that Michael Conforto was around here as well. I said he was 35 picks away when it came to the NFBC ADP as of now, but as Frank mentioned, it is rising. Conforto's 25 years old, had a breakout starring campaign in 2017 where he hit 27 home runs in 109 games, uh, hurt his shoulder toward the end of the year, came back last year, was not the same early on due to that shoulder injury, played in 153 games though, uh, came back in early April and wound up hitting 28 home runs. He walks a very good amount at 13 over 13%, strikes out around 25%, but the average plummeted last year from 280-ish to around 243. OBP, 384 to 350. A lot of that, of course, is due to what he did early in the year, where he simply was not healthy. He's pretty much the same guy against lefties and righties, which you obviously like. And if you look at the first half and the second half, that's where you'll find the stark difference. In the first half, he only batted 216, had 11 home runs. In the second half, in less games, more home runs, a better average. I think the second half is more indicative of what Michael Conforto is. And for those that think that Michael Conforto could be an over 30 home run guy that can have close to 100 RBI, I don't, I don't see anything that would change my mind about that. I think the player that Conforto is and we want him to be isn't necessarily Aaron Judge. I don't think he has that kind of ceiling. But I do think he is a guy that uh, is better than he's shown as long as he can remain healthy. And I expect... Uh, he did that last year. He played 153 games last year after missing the first few in April. Once he got healthy in the second half, and we know shoulder injuries uh, can linger for a little while, he seemingly was back to normal. I like Michael Goodfordo a lot, and I think he deserves to be in this tier. Yeah, I like him a lot as well. Not going to give you anything really in the stolen base categories, but really what he did in that second half, I agree with you, Greg. It's closer to the player that I expect him to be. Even dating back to his days in college, this guy is a professional hitter. I trust him against lefties. I trust him against righties as well. I don't think that the splits are going to be, uh, you know, all that bad. I think he's going to play every single day for the New York Mets. A lineup that's getting some hype here in the preseason, Greg, with Robinson Cano and Wilson Ramos and Pete Alonzo. Pete Alonzo and Jeff McNeil and all these guys. Uh, it's, it's an improved lineup. And, you know, that second half where he hit, he hit 273 with 18 home runs, that's what, you know, I think 270, uh, that, that's kind of the spot that we're living in here with a lot of these outfielders that we're going to talk about. 270 to 275, solid. Doesn't really help your batting average all that much, but doesn't hurt it either. It's kind of like we're right around where you want your, your batting average to be in Roto. You know, Roto, you really want your average to be, you know, high 270s, two, you know, 276, 278, around that area, uh, where I do think a lot of these outfielders that we're talking about are, are going to be this season. But in Fordo, 270 to 275, I think he could be a 30 home run hitter. In the second half last year, the hard hit rate goes up to 38%. He was... Re- he was Rushed back last year, he had major offseason surgery 
uh, going from between 2017 to 2018, he kind of rushed himself back, and he was affected. The batting average, the power, everything was affected early on in the season last year because of that shoulder injury. I trust more what we saw in the second half, Greg, as a... And it's not just me carrying over the second-half numbers. I think there was, there's a legit reason to carry over the second-half numbers because he got healthier as the season went on last year, and we got to see more of the real player that Conforto is. I like him re- really regardless of format, too, because even in points leagues, okay, he'll strike out a decent amount, you know, 25%, but he also walks a lot. So he's going to walk 12%, 13% of the time, too. Yeah. He's a pro- professional hitter. Sure. I, I, I trust him, Greg. And, you know, I actually trust him a little bit more than... Uh, then David Dahl, because I think there's a little bit more, uh, there's a little more injury concern. Exactly, with David Dahl. Uh-huh. I get it's the Coors Field thing. I have Conforto one spot higher. He's he's my outfield twenty two. So I would I'm prefer, pretty excited about him. Yeah, looking at this, I would actually prefer to have Michael Conforto than David Dahl as well. I think the upside's higher. I really do. And maybe it's the injuries. Maybe and I know the ballpark is obviously a big thing. City Field versus uh, Coors Field, but twenty seven home runs, twenty eight home runs, back to back years. Let's see David Dahl get to 25, right? Like, let's say he's staying healthy yeah. enough Conforto to get to 25. has done a little bit more. He's a little more established. And he's still young. Major league career. Michael Conforto, just yeah, 25 years old. He has another step old. that he he'll can be 26, take. He'll be 26 on Friday. Happy birthday, Michael. He has another step that he can take. And, you know, I, I've talked about this a lot. I don't know how translatable it's going to be, but... Yeah. I think, you know, Conforto having a guy like Robinson Cano in the lineup, a proven lefty that another professional hitter in his major league career, I don't think that hurts. You know, I kind of buy in on some of these narrative things where, you know, if they bring in a, a veteran who can be relatable for a, a young player to kind of learn from, I think it makes sense. I think Robinson Cano being in the lineup for the Mets and having that veteran presence, he's been around a long time, especially playing in New York before. Like, he knows kind of what's expected of you to play in New York and perform, and I, I think he's going to be able to help Conforto. So I, I kind of like that too. Uh, Fangraphs loves David Dahl. Uh, for Conforto, they say he hits into the shift a lot. That's a summary. Well, that's kind of a trend for all left-handed hitters. Definitely. Is, you know, again, we, you know, we kind of spoke about this yesterday, where with the shift, they're putting an extra guy in right field, and a lot of people are trying to hit over the shift. Michael Conforto is a guy that does hit a lot of line drives. So, yeah. I trust, you know, and he's a guy that I trust um, a little bit more to... Go to all fields. I know you didn't necessarily see it last year with Conforto. I mean, 43% pull rate. But look in 2017 when he was actually fully healthy. He hit 27 home runs in 109 games. His pull rate was only 32%. He hit a lot to center field 40% of the time. And he also went oppo 28%. So Conforto is a professional hitter. I know he pulled a lot last year. But as as he gets further away from that surgery, you're going to see more and more that he is a professional hitter. Where if teams are going to try and shift him, I think that he's a guy that can actually go the opposite way and kind of take what the what the what the shift is giving him. So I don't really worry about that all too much with Conforto. A lot of high praise here for Conforto. A lot of high praise for Conforto. See that Mike on. would be happy. Good for him. Let's get Florio on the show right now. Call in, Mike. Your guy last year was Nick Castellanos. Oh, big Nicky C. Who falls into this so range? Last year we had Big Nicky T and Nick Tropiano. Nick Tropiano. Yeah. That's who. Like Florio gave him the nickname Big Nicky T. <laughs> <laughs> sounded like a, I miss Florian. Sounded like the lead singer of a boy band. I miss now we got Big Nicky C. So Nick Castellanos, la- in the last two years, I'm back-to-back years of 157 games played. Mm-hmm. His year in 2018, They're eerily up. similar to that year in 2017. He had three less home runs, but had 15 more runs scored. He had 12 less RBIs, probably directly correlated to Miguel Cabrera missing the entire season. Didn't really strike out. 
walked uh, an okay amount, 7% last year, 6% the year before. Average jumped up 26 points, directly correlated to his Babbitt, which jumped about 50 points. Direct correlation there. Castellano's going in this range despite having a hard hit rate at almost 48%, which obviously helps the Babbitt. His ground ball rate dropped from one year one to year two to 37% to 35%. And the home run to fly ball ratio, you know, kind of similar as well. You'd like Castellanos to hit a bit more home runs. Maybe he gets traded and goes to a better park. He will do that. Nick Castellanos is another one of those guys that I like. I, I You know, sure, nothing wrong with Nick Castellanos. How do you compare him to a guy like David Dahl and a guy like Michael Conforto? So I have him a, a few spots behind uh, I think we kind of know who Castellanos is at this point. I know you see the 361 Babbitt from last year kind of jumps off the page, but 48% hard hit rate and a 29% line drive rate. So Castellanos is one of the best line drive pure hitters in the game right now where, okay, if he's hitting the ball hard and hitting that many line drives, like, of course he's going to have a high Babbitt. He's going to have a high batting average. You know, the past two of the past three years, he's been 285 or higher. I do think that's kind that's closer to the player he is. I think he's a... 280, 290, 285 to, to 300 hitter. If he would ever learn to lift the ball a little bit more and hit more fly balls, I think he has the upside to be like a 300 hitter with 30 home runs and 100 RBIs. But he kind of is who he is at this point. He has nearly 3,000 plate appearances at the major league level. 25 home runs, 85 and 85 with a near 300 batting average. Four category player in round six. I'm fine with it. He's good. We'll break it down and continue to do it next on BFFs. The Fantasy Sports Network is hitting you from all angles with the best fantasy sports and betting analysis. You can catch the latest programming on so many platforms, there's no way you'll miss out on any of the award-winning programming we pump out every single day. You can listen through the FNTSY radio app, iHeartRadio, TuneIn Radio, Stitcher. Download our podcast through iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Audioboom, and you can watch select programming on the FNTSY YouTube channel. The Fantasy Sports Network, your only source for fantasy sports and wagering anytime and anywhere. Maurice Allen, 2015-2016 European Long Drive Tour Champion, 2017 World Number One. Me personally, I keep my game face on me all the time. Especially coming out of the bunker, leaving the range, or even leaving the course. What's your story? Go to GameFaceGrooming.com for all your athletic facial wipes and body cleansing needs. Rain dance! Make it rain. No other league holds guys accountable for smoking weed. The NBA doesn't. Major League Baseball doesn't. Hockey doesn't. And the Cowboys now, they're going to have this suspension, right? Demarcus Lawrence, nobody knows what's going to happen with him. So now all of a sudden, the Dallas Cowboys defense went from being pretty damn good. Now I don't know what the hell the Dallas Cowboys are going to be. And it's all because the NFL has got their head up their Weekdays, 6 to 9 a.m. Eastern on the Fantasy Sports Network and on your popular podcast providers. Can't get enough fantasy football? Roto Experts has launched their NFL 365 Fantasy Football Package, which includes the best math-based seasonal projections and rankings available anywhere on the Internet. Davis Maddock and the Roto Experts are providing dynasty season-long betting, best ball, and NFL draft content every day of the year to give you an edge regardless of what type of fantasy football you play. Save 10% at rotoexperts.com with the promo code FNTSY. It's the NFL 365 Fantasy Football Package, only at rotoexperts.com. Join the experts live on the air every day by calling in at 
888-729-6879 to join the Fantasy Sports Network. This is one of the songs where kind of everywhere was like, You and me, we come from different worlds. You like to laugh at me as I look at other girls. Sometimes you're crazy, and I wonder why. I'm such a baby, yeah, the dolphins make me cry. Well, there's nothing I can do. I only want to be with you. We got to set up a karaoke night. I want to see Gabe at karaoke. That's what I think. I I don't think that that's necessarily the case. But if we, if I could get some video of Gabe doing like Slayer, hey Slayer's example earlier. (laughs) We got you covered, brother. The Fantasy Sports Network live programming from six a.m. through eleven p.m. Eastern time. Coming up next, it's Scout Fantasy with Ronis and Doctor Roto. Gabe Morenci, Cam Stewart take over at four. Game time decisions here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Seven p.m. will be NBA takeaways with Chris Welsh and Bogman. 7.30, you get the Fantasy News Desk with Dan Shrafford. From 8 to 11 p.m., calling the shots with our guy, Keith Irizarry. And then tomorrow morning, 6 to 9, Joe and Dane will be back for Make It Rain. And 9 to 12, Joe will team up with Gabe Morenci for the morning after. And then it should be FFs. Check it out, Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Greg, I just pulled up Big Nicky C. That's Nick Castellanos' uh, baseball savant stat cast page. And each of the past three seasons, his expected batting average has been 288 or higher. So he's been in the top 7% of the league in that category in each of the past three years. So if you're in those middle rounds, round six, round seven range, and you know you need, you want a four, you want solid home runs, RBIs, and runs, but someone who's actually going to help your batting average too, who's going to give you a you know 290-ish batting average, Nick Castellanos is your guy. But just know you're not getting any stolen bases from him. Nope. But again, something that I should have stressed more throughout this draft that I'm doing right now is batting average. I... I got I to gotta scour the batting average landscape here throughout the rest of the draft because I just didn't stress it enough. So uh, that that is me giving you my wisdom and learning from my own mistakes here is if you play in a Roto League, make sure you stress outfield and batting average early on in your drafts. All right, there you go. Nick Castellanos, one of these guys later on, you can draft nothing wrong, nothing wrong with them. Nothing wrong at all. We how, many, about- how many times can we use the word fine to describe a player? Because I think Castellanos is fine. Kind of like David Dahl. Would you, who would you rather have? You have Dahl. You have I don't have Dahl just because he gives you like 10 more stolen bases kind of thing. You, you think he gets... Hold on, like, different answer? You think he gets 12 stolen bases from David Dahl, huh? I think he can. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Definitely yeah. doable. Interesting. All right. Another guy that's around this tier is a guy that you drafted in the Great Fantasy Baseball Invitational, and it's Mitch Hanniger. 28 years old is Mitch Hanniger now, and last year was the first time in his career he played 100 games. In fact, he played 157 of them. And there were 157 pretty good games for the Seattle Mariners. 26 homers, 90 runs scored, 93 ribbies, 8 stolen bases. He batted 285, walked over 10% of the time, struck out a bit over 21% of the time. The hard hit rate, 37%. That's over league average. Uh, line drive rate was at about 21%, while his home run to fly ball ratio remained the same from 2017 to 2018. It took a long time for Mitch Hanniger to finally break out. He did last year for Seattle. If you believe it, why is he going behind some of the guys that we've named? 
people are worried about the Seattle Mariners lineup. And I can't really defend it all that much, uh, especially when they're likely expected to trade Edwin Encarnacion at some point. But not yet. He's still on the team for now. Not yet. He's still on the team for now, right? So I'll, I'll run through this lineup. I don't, I don't think it's as bad as everyone is saying, right? So you have Malik Smith, Mitch Hanniger, Jay Bruce, Edwin Encarnacion, Kyle Seeger, Domingo Santana, who's getting hyped and having a good spring, Omar Narvaez, Tim Beckham, and D. Gordon. So if you look at Hanniger batting second, he basically has two back-to-back leadoff men. Like, once they get through the lineup once, he has D. Gordon and then Malik Smith hitting ahead of him. So I still think the RBI opportunities are going to be there. Look, the lineup is not as good as it has been in years past. I realize that. There's no Robinson Cano. There's no Nelson Cruz. But they've done their best to kind of replace those guys. Edwin Encarnacion... He's about as close to Nelson Cruz as you're going to get, right? Like, he's going to probably still hit 30 to 35 home runs this year. Jay Bruce, a little bit worse than Robinson Cano. I think we could say that. So, I think people are worried about the Mariners lineup, and that's why he goes a little bit later. He's a guy who, I think Hanniger's safe for 275 to 280 batting average. You know, the, the hard hit rate was above league average. The counting stats probably take a little bit of a step back. They were both 90 runs and 90 RBIs last year. That's probably closer to 80 runs and 80 RBIs this year, but you know, 25 to 28 home runs with 8 to 10 stolen bases and a, and a 275 batting average, he's fine. This is the fine tier. Like, if you're really worried about the Mariners lineup, then that's why you're probably taking somebody else in this range over him. And to be fair, you know, is that, I, is that the only big concern here, Frankie? That you're concerned about the Mariners lineup? That's it. That's all you got. Yeah. I mean, what else is wrong with him? Nothing. That's what my point. Like, he's really good. Yeah, there's nothing else that worries me about him. He's but like okay, but like the, in 96 but, games in 2017, he was an 843 OPS player. Last year in 157 games, he was an 859 OPS player. This is kind of who he is. But the it's other like 850 OPS guy. But the other guys that you very good player. The other guys that you mentioned, David Dahl, major injury concerns, and the Rockies are always flimsy. Yeah, but higher upside and better lineup. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's okay. They're, uh, they're kind of similar in their Castellanos' the, lineup is terrible. Well, I have Hanniger one spot okay. higher than Castellanos. Okay. So and Conforto, could, could you like the lineup? And you think the upside's higher again? I guess. Yeah, I mean, he's still younger. I, you know, Hanniger's not old by any means either. He's Twenty-eight years old, Hanniger. Hanniger, all right, well, he's a little bit older than I thought. <laughs> kind of a late bloom prospect here. Um, came over in the what was it? The Gene Segura trade, trade, right uh-huh. from the from the Diamondbacks. Mm-hmm. So, Kendall Marte. I, yeah, and he was uh, Hanniger was a guy in the minor leagues who this is kind of who he was too. Like you know, twenty home, like a little bit of pop, a little bit of speed. I don't expect a lot of stolen bases. You know, eight to ten. But again, like if he has D. Gordon and Malik Smith hitting ahead of him, there's still going to be some RBI opportunities here. That's why I don't want to. That's why I don't. Mariners might trade off like all their pieces come like All Star break around like you know trade deadline. They might get rid of some of these guys. They won't get rid of Hanniger. I like Hanniger. He's fine. I like Hanniger. You know, I would fine. like him like more Hanager. as my outfielder three though. So you know, in those, if you're in those middle rounds and you can get but this is why you like Porto or Dahl or even you know me personally, I would love to get Tommy Pham or. If you could get Pham, Puig, Lorenzo Cain, or you know Conforto or Dahl as your outfield too, I think a guy you know coming back around maybe the next round or two, if you could get Castellanos or Hanniger, someone in that like those guys as your outfield three, I think that's really good roster construction. I like that a lot. I can see us in our auction, by the way, just drafting two of these guys as our outfield two and three. Realistically, yeah, I could see us doing that. Well. I'll, Assuming they don't get too much hype. Of course. No doubt about it. We'll take Yasiel Puig. I know you like him a lot. 
Marcel Ozuna is an interesting name that's, that. that's going around here as well, Frankie. Um, Ozuna is another... A little more concern here with me. Yeah, Marcelo Ozuna... He's kind of a mystery right now. You don't that's really my, know what's that's going my, on. He hasn't been on the field. So he that's had my thing. Shoulder surgery. Marcelo Ozuna is... Very good last year. 2018 is eerily similar to 2016 with the Marlins. Like, eerily similar. Played in 148 games in each year. Hit exactly 23 home runs in each year. 266 average in 2016, 280 average uh, in 2018. Looking at these numbers, do you think that the player that we saw last year, the player that we saw in 2016, is the real Marzello Osuna? Or is it the breakout guy that we saw that played 159 games in 2017 and hit almost 40 home runs with almost 130 rivies, batting over 300? Like, what do you make of Marzello Osuna? I do think he's better than what he showed last year, but he has to be healthy, which, you know, maybe this is one of the, the questions for Dr. A tomorrow. Um, you know, we haven't seen Marcelo Zuna in spring training yet, and Cardinals manager Mike Schilt said on Monday that the timeline for Ozuna is to play left... Uh, the, the timeline for Ozuna to play left field is, quote, unclear. So that is... That's worrisome. Again, he had off-season shoulder surgery in October... Um, you know, shoulder is something that could affect the power, and I think that was something that he was kind of playing through last year, too. I think he's better than what he showed last season, but he has to be healthy. Do I know that right now? I don't. Right. If I knew he was healthy, though, based on what he did last year, right, like he was playing through injury, he had a 45% hard hit rate, Greg. Mm-hmm. You know, that that's that's elite. That's very good. Absolutely. So, you know, a 45% hard hit rate, although he still hits a lot of ground balls, his home run to fly ball ratio, uh, given the fact that he hit the ball as hard as he did, should have been higher than 14%. So I think he's probably closer to a 30 home run hitter. And the Cardinals lineup with Paul Goldschmidt in it, it's a very good lineup. So Ozuna expected to bat cleanup here. He he has upside to be, you know, 280, 290 with 30 home runs and 100 RBIs. He has a little bit more four-category upside than some of these other players in this range. But I have him behind all of them just because I don't, I don't really know much about the shoulder right now. I don't, I don't think anybody does. So I think that kind of injury risk and uh, I, guess, I guess ambiguity yeah. is the word um, is why I have him ranked behind the rest of these guys. I would agree. And I would argue that his upside is higher than some of them. Well, we've seen it. Well, yeah. I don't think you can argue it because you've seen it. He almost hit 40 home runs with 130 RBI. Yeah. Like, In Marlins we, Park. We know it is. Yeah. There's a lot of question marks when it comes to Marcelo Zuno, who never ultimately seemed very comfortable uh, in St. Louis last year. Let's go to the phone lines, 844-843-6879. Let's go to Steve in Massachusetts. What's up, Steve? Baby. Do we have Steve? Stevie. Hey, you guys there? Hey, Steve. What's up, man? What's up, man? Hey, what's going on, guys? Hey, uh, I I noticed that you guys are talking about outfielders, so I I want to know what you guys... Thought on like these guys because I, I noticed that you guys are trying to like talk about roster construction for it. So what about like guys like uh, Austin Meadows, mm. uh, Ian Happ, and uh, uh, Brandon Numo? Because I know you guys are talking about Conforto and uh, what he could do. But uh, new, I think Numo uh, broke out kind of last year. Like he had some decent stats. Are you guys going going in on any of those guys? I am one hundred percent out on Ian Happ. I will tell you this: Austin Meadows is a hype guy right now. Greg. Sure is. He is. Climbing up draft boards very quickly, and I know Roster Resource has him as a platoon player right now. He is a lefty, but he actually held his own against left-handed pitching last year, and they traded away Chris Archer to get both him and Tyler Glass now. 
in my opinion, I think they're going to play him every day. I don't really worry about the platoon with so. Austin Meadows, and he showed me a little bit last year. Like, remember, he was pretty hot for a, for a, a decent amount of time with the Pirates last season. I think he's a player who can give you 15 to 20 in both home runs and stolen bases. Yeah. And I think the batting average is not going to hurt. I think he's going to be like 270-ish hitter, maybe 275. So he's someone who is climbing up draft boards right now, and there's a lot of hype behind, and I am in. I like him. I don't want him as one of my top three outfielders. Ideally, if I get him as like my outfield four. Much better. Take some shot on the upside there. No issue there. Hype guy, Hap, I'm not doing it because playing strikes time, out a lot. Yeah. I have the playing time concerns with the Chicago Cubs. I need to see more from Ian Hat first. And the other name you mentioned was Brandon Nimmo. Like Brandon Nimmo a lot in points leagues and OBP leagues because you know, I was tweeting out some stats yesterday about Nimmo. He was elite, Greg, against right-handed pitching. Up some of these numbers. He had a 946 OPS against right-handed pitching last year. Uh, 275 hitter, a 424 on base percentage. Uh, so 16% walk rate. I-, I like him a little bit more in points leagues. He's got to get better against left-handed pitching. Uh, if I'm ranking those three, it's it's Austin Meadows, Gap, Brandon Nimmo, huge Gap, and then Ian Happ. Fair enough. We appreciate uh, we appreciate the time, Stephen. I want to get to one more outfielder, Frank, before we hit the break. That's in this to me in this area, and then we'll bring Bencher on and we'll talk and maybe have another special guest as well. Eddie Rosario was a forgotten man last year. Rosario Bros. That was is that a thing? Yeah, that was a thing that was made at my uh, at my drafts last year. Ah. Uh, my buddy Bip. Drafted him Love in one league, Big and then Florio Bip. drafted him another one, so the and they said, bros. we are, quote, Rosari bros. So Rosario, Eddie Rosario was a guy that lasted, like, 10 rounds too long in my draft. And I remember sitting next to the person that drafted him. He was like, is this guy really here? I was like, yeah, I don't really want him. He's like, I don't really want him. We waited, like, five more rounds. He's like, I'm just going to take him. And it was Eddie <laughs> Rosario. I did not take him. Oh, you didn't The person next to me took him. Okay. Back-to-back years, over 20 home runs. Back-to-back years, batting essentially 290. Doesn't really walk. Struck out. Uh, seven, only 17.6% of the time. RBIs and runs similar to the last two years. You're going to get a, you know, 8 to 10 stolen bases or so. In a better Twins lineup, Eddie Rosario is what he is, which is pretty dang good. Why is he in this range? Why is he behind some of these guys? Why do you believe he is he's drafting where he should be drafted? So with Eddie Rosario, it's the tale of two seasons. If you look at the first half versus the second half last year, 311 hitter with 19 of his 24 home runs in the first half. Second half, five home runs, 240 batting average. We, we want to see consistency from first half to second half. I like this Twins lineup a lot. I've already been on record saying that. So maybe I'm a little bit more excited about Eddie Rosario than others. But again, great back-to-back years uh, of 288 or better batting average. He'll chip in, you know, eight to 10 stolen bases. I think if he can find some of that consistency from the first half to the second half, he could be closer to a 30 home run hitter. Uh, he doesn't struggle against lefties either as a left-handed bat. He hit 284 against lefties last season too. There's a lot to like here. You know, normally when when I look at a left-handed bat, I want to make sure that you know that they're not uh, pulling the ball all too much and that they're they don't struggle against lefties. Um, so you don't have to worry about that. I I just need to see consistency more from the from the first half to the second half. But I like the Twins lineup a lot. Um, I like him a little bit more in Roto because he doesn't really walk all that much for points leagues. He's right around a 5% walk rate for his career, but batting average is going to be really good, man. Like, like Right around 290, I, I like him. What, how do you feel about Eddie Rosario? So last year, as I said, I didn't I have no interest. I didn't want any Twins guys. I didn't like him. 
But now that he's done it two years in a row, and a lineup that's trying to compete, I think he's real. Like, why wouldn't you like Eddie Rosario with these numbers? I have him just ahead of Hanniger and Cassianos. Is that too aggressive? I don't think it is. I don't think it is. I think I like the Twins lineup I mean, more than I like the Mariners. That's exactly lineup. what I was going to say. You obviously like the Twins lineup more than the Mariners. I think that's everything else with him and Hanniger is pretty similar, except you're going to get a betting average, uh, better batting average from Eddie Rosario. Yeah. I, I don't Isn't it weird? Like it's cold in Minnesota early on in the season, but he was so good in the first half last year. So in the months where it kind of warmed up, he got worse. I don't know if that means anything. I think, doesn't really. Yeah. Right, the ball doesn't fly out well in Minnesota in the early months. Especially anywhere in the AL Central, right? Like, yo, so Detroit, Chicago, Detroit yeah. or Chicago in the early months, the ball should not fly out that well. So the fact that he hit 19 home runs in the first half last year and then kind of slowed down, yep. I'm pretty excited about Eddie Rosario. I like him, man. I, I like him in this range. Me too. I think he's just an unheralded dude. Man, you know, if, if David Dahl wasn't in Colorado, like I'd probably move him ahead of him. I was about to say the same thing. Who would you rather have, Greg? David Dahl or Mitch Hanniger? Or uh, David Dollar or Eddie Rosario, I mean. I probably don't have Eddie Rosario. I know. Coors Field is getting me, I know, I know. I think that's what's getting everybody. Do but they, I, 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 like, these are all, again, these are all fine outfielders in this range where if you miss out on Pham or Springer or Lorenzo Cain, try and snag two of these guys to be your outfield two and your three. There is so many outfielders to talk about. <laughs> so many. How many? We've done, like, seven so far. One, two, three, today. four, five, six. Uh, Six. We've done six. A lot more to come. Let's try and get through, like, the top 40 at least here. Guests as well. Let's try. Fantasy Best Friends Forever. Fantasy Sports Radio Network.